Alrighty, welcome back to another edition of the Queen City Roundup podcast. Myself and Joey are joined by the one and only Nick Barden of Leafs Twitter. Nick, thanks for, for taking the time to join us. And one important question that I have to ask you right off the bat, even though the Leafs don't play today, are you wearing your Martin Marincin jersey? Right now or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Will you be wearing your Martin Marincin jersey? Um, probably when I make the video, my video, yeah. But I don't know. I tend not to wear jerseys during games just because... I don't know. I feel like they're uncomfortable, um, but uh, I'll wear it during my video. But I don't. I have a leaf shirt on right now, but I don't think I'll be wearing it during the game. I I've never really done that unless I've gone to the actual game where I've worn the jersey. Yeah, I've I've noticed for me, like whenever I wear my jersey, I don't know if this is like superstition or anything, but the Leafs usually lose. Uh, I wore my old like. Uh, pre do you, should i call it pre matthews era like pre yeah like the, the bad carlisle era jersey um but i didn't have a number on the back of it but i wore it to game seven in, in 2018 and uh not only was it raining and i got it all wet but they obviously lost and then the last time i wore my matthews jersey was game two last year and they, and they lost that game too so i don't know what it is but jerseys are jerseys are no good with me See, I'm the opposite. When it's a playoff game, especially, I have to wear it. Even if I'm just watching it at home by myself. Okay, so I, so I have to. so if we're ever watching in the same room, Joe, you wear the jersey, and I'll just wear like another shirt, I guess. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, that that's how we're gonna divvy it up, and that's how it's gonna be. Uh, that's how it's gonna be. So, uh, good news, we have hockey back. We actually have a hockey game going on. Not yet but it is going to be happening relatively soon between the Hurricanes and Rangers. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist starting, which is actually going to be kind of interesting because I I love Henrik Lundqvist. He's probably one of the only goalies that I like that's on the Rangers. I, I haven't seen enough of Ilya Shesterkin yet, and I'm not a Alex Georgiev guy, even though half of Leafs Twitter is. Um <laughs> But before we get into the actual technical hockey stuff, let's let's address the elephant in the room here. And Nick, you know what we're, what we're alluding to. Um, basically, what happened on Thursday night, the exhibition game between the Islanders and I'm not sure who they were playing. I can't. The name's escaping me. I don't know if any of you two remember the the exhibition game. Was it? Oh my god. It, it was the Islanders because I saw Barry Trotz and I saw the. I can't remember the other one. Whatever. Um, this is the Islanders warm up game. Right, but I don't remember who their opponent was. But anyway, besides the point. So, um, because everything that they touch is very dumb and ridiculous. Oh, they were playing the Rangers, ironically. Okay, so I feel kind of dumb that I alluded to that. But uh, the son of the president of the United States decided to thank the NHL for standing during the National Anthem, which looked very poorly on the rest of the league and led to many fans like yourself, Nick going and and taking the knee out of support for, for the black lives matter movement and whatnot. So, you know, take us through what you, what went through your head when you saw that, because I'm sure everybody was very shocked, surprised, you know, just, just take us through what you, what you thought, because I'm sure it was a mix of emotions. 
Well, the reason, like, when I, I saw the tweet, I was, I wasn't really, like, surprised or anything because it's the NHL and, like, right now I'm watching the game. I don't see anyone taking a knee or even, they're just, they're just all standing in a line. So that's not really the best thing to see, but I, I don't know, like, it's, it's, to me, it's disappointing just to see every player just stand and not even just even show any support to Black Lives Matter or anything like that. Like we saw Nazem Kadri, Patrick Belmar, and a few others just stand and just stand together. And it looked like they were alone on the ice without anyone there. And I just thought like, you might as well show your support because it's the only thing you can do at this point, like whether it's taking a knee, donating to um, a charity or a cause for Black Lives Matter, that's really the only thing that you can do and go to the rallies as well. And I thought that was a way of showing my support and it was the way of getting it out there. Yeah, uh, that, was, uh, that was good good stuff coming on, on your end to try to take it into your own hands because the NHL wouldn't as they're continuously behind the ball on anything social justice related or anything like that. But I have a question for you. Like, I wonder, the thing that I'm wondering is if it's not necessarily the players, but also like if it's coming from up top with them saying like, don't pull any of this stuff, like from whether it's the NHL or their own teams or anything like that. Cause it looked really organized how they were standing in a circle together with their arms around each other and all that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it is organized. I'm sure that I'm sure they say like I'm sure even throughout they have meetings of what they're going to do before games and all that. Um, but to me, like, it, it, I I don't even know. I don't even know where to start with it because it's it's again disappointing because like they're they're doing the minimum. They're not, Yeah. they're doing, like somebody was telling me um, yesterday or the day before, they're trying to please both sides, the sides of Black Lives Matter and then the sides of people who are like All Lives Matter. And it's, it's, it's either one side or the other because you can't please both sides and it's, it's either the right side or the wrong side. And right now they're trying to, again, please both sides and it's just not how it works. No, it's either you're on the right side or, and no matter, even if you're in the middle, you're on the wrong side at that point, because you don't really want to be trying to please racists and all that. So it's not, it's not a good look at all, especially when you have the, one of the Trumps supporting it. That's how you know you, you fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I saw, I saw that and I was just like, are you serious? Like, and what real what was really like sad was. People are, like the league is gonna look at this as like, oh, we're gonna get publicity because people are gonna are gonna look at this and, and whatnot. But what they don't realize is that this isn't good publicity. Like it's showing that you're behind the times. You know what I mean? And when you're when you're getting somebody like this who I'm surprised that he even knows what hockey is, because it's such a niche sport, it almost feels like in the American market. Um but I just saw that and I was just like, this isn't this isn't gonna end well. And it's almost like further promoting division instead of unity 
which is what we really should be doing. And what was really, I guess I could say not surprising, was literally the day after um, the tweet came out, um, the NHL said that they were going to do something along that nature. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, I have to pull it. It was on the score. It was one of the score reports. So I gotta, I gotta do some digging here. Um, but what do you think is going to be like justified for the players to show that they've learned something in this? Like, like what's going to be the one thing? Like, do you think that they should all maybe, you know, discuss it? and do a tribute to it? Or do you think that they should just, you know, try and, you know, maybe put messages on the ice? Like they were going to do the, um, I just found it here on my, uh, on my screen that they were going to put the, uh, a slogan on the ice to support black lives matter. But like, is, is that really enough? Like I the, think no, I was just going to, I think the, the first thing that they have to do is somebody's gonna, I think somebody's gonna take a knee, and I don't like. Obviously, the black hockey players they do it. People are gonna support that, but the real big thing is is to see um, a player of white ethnicity do it. Like I was saying, if like Austin Matthews was to do it, I even though he is Latino. It's still a big thing. Like, he's one of the most influential players in hockey. And if he was to take a knee, um, I think it would change. It wouldn't, like, change a lot. But it would just be, like, it would let it be letting the players know that, like, hey, I'm here for you. And it's, like, okay to take a knee. I don't, I don't know whether or not he'll do it. I'm just saying, like, he's, he's one of the most influential people. And even if it was, I think anyone, it would still mean a lot and it would still be big. And I think that that has to be one of the starting points. But even, yeah, along the lines with like putting something on the ice, that's good. But even right now, like I'm watching the game there, there's nothing on the ice. And it's again, it's it's disappointing, really. Yeah, Yeah, it's no, go ahead, Joey. Yeah, like what I I said this on a previous episode too, but like it's going to take one of the big superstars because I know like in hockey culture, they have this thing where they just have to be quiet and just be like hardworking, nose down and just focus on that. And it's looked down upon to do anything else, especially with the older hockey fans. But like someone's got to change that. And you don't see it coming from any of the big stars. Like Connor McDavid's not going to do it. Sidney Crosby is obviously not going to do it. Um I don't think Alexander Ovechkin will. Like none of those big stars, like you, like you can really count on. Like, like it's it's it, it's like no wonder why the NHL is like suffering in popularity compared to like other leagues like the NBA. Yeah, and another thing was like um, when all the players were starting to go out and put out statements after the whole George Floyd incident, like a lot of players were being called on because they weren't acting as quickly as others like it took Crosby I think like a week to come out with his statement which was like you know I don't know what it was and everyone was saying that the statement was also very poorly yeah and also like you know certain players are obviously you know gonna put out a statement just because but are not necessarily going to do it 
and uh, actually mean the whole, you know, sincerity behind it. You know, see Tony D'Angelo for that. Me and Joey could go on and on about how that is. Um, but, you know, is this, I, I, I guess we'll, I, the one question that I have, is the NHL too worried about losing casual fans if they go too political and too, uh, you know, and branching out and bringing in real life? Because we know how how sports fans are, right? They're, I want my sports without politics and without, you know, social justice warriors and all this stuff. Like, do they not realize that that's what makes sports? Like, is the NHL afraid of losing, like, the casual fan that just wants to tune in and see, like, like I saw Justin Williams getting into a fight uh, not that long ago in the Rangers game. Uh, but are they just are they just mindless fans that just want to see endless violence and, and goals being scored? I think it. I think the NHL is worried about like that losing those fans because you may not see it, but there are a lot of them. There is there's so many fans who are not i was gonna say trump supporters but just like racist in general like when i put out that tweet um for of me kneeling um it was fine everything was good until yesterday around like two um somebody retweeted or quote tweeted it and all the racists came and it's been my phone's been going off non-stop since that time but i also think it has to do with money as well i think i think there are companies who like with ceos that are big up that want to have the league do certain things and i think the league's afraid of pushing back and like losing money so i think that's another big thing of why they're not really pushing for it, but the fans are a big reason for it, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad because, you know, talking about this, like, Joey, I know you're a, a fan of the Washington Football Club. It took a sponsor of a really high stature to influence a name change that should have happened years ago. And it's a shame yeah. because it's almost like money talks more than morals and justice in this sense and it almost feels like you know hockey will only do things if they can benefit from a financial standpoint instead of from a you know from a pr standpoint and from a viewership standpoint and it really just goes to show you how far behind almost all of these these sport leagues are like you know, we all saw what happened in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick. We all saw what happened in, uh, you know, I know the NBA is taking big steps towards it, but like baseball, you know, baseball's kind of in the middle of that. Like they haven't really done anything too big, but they have drawn acknowledgement to it. Hockey is just, you know, it's still stuck in being a one dimensional sport of appealing to one demographic of fans instead of multiple. So, um, but just one more thing before we, we get off of this topic and, and talk about all the other things that are going on in the, in the hockey world. Um, the Hockey Diversity Alliance is something that was really big that started up over uh, the last couple of weeks with you know, Akeem Aliou, um, I believe Joel Ward is another name as well, uh, Matt Dumba, and, and many others. Should the league be promoting this? 
Like it's a jet. Like I know it's an easy answer, but like, should we not be promoting saying, "Hey, this is uh something created by people who want to promote inclusion and promote, you know, unity amongst everybody." Like, shouldn't the league be like, "Yes, we support this," instead of just kind of being silent? Yeah, I think that I I always thought like when. It first, like, came out, like, it wasn't, like, alongside the league. Like, it wasn't, like, partnered with the NHL or anything, but I always thought it would be something bigger than what it is right now. And the NHL's really, I'm surprised that the NHL's not giving it more attention, especially with, like, players. I know, I think Nazem Kadri's a part of it now as well, Um, but I'm surprised that they don't, with all the NHL players that are in there, like it's surprising that they aren't giving it a bigger look and trying to promote it more. Um, and especially, I'm I'm wondering like how the players feel about it too. Like it's I like with Nazem Kadri and all of them. Like I wonder how they felt after or during that national anthem when they were just standing alone with each other. And then I know with that tweet from the Colorado Avalanche. I don't know whether you guys saw that. Oh, where, yeah, where they, where they uh, were talking about Kadri in the press conference and how they, they just took a, a chunk of the clip instead of playing the whole thing. Yeah. Like, those, things like that make it so hard for the NHL to move forward. And with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, I thought it would help with the NHL taking another step, but... It doesn't even look like they've they want to. Yeah, it's, it's very really... it's very disappointing. It's like the same same old song and dance every year, and it's like it's like it's, you're just watching every year. It's like, hey, when are they gonna change? When are they gonna change? And then at a certain point, you're just like, okay, they're they're never going to. And it's very disappointing because hockey is like such a great sport and has so much to offer for anybody. And the fact that like they're alienating everybody else from the game it's just so so disappointing to see yeah it's almost like you hate you love the sport but you hate the culture and you hate the league that it's in exactly it's and and like that goes for every other league like you know like the canadian hockey league there's been so much baggage about it especially with all the the dan carcillo stuff that's happened and the lawsuit that's being launched like hockey's under fire now like people think like oh hockey's you know a clean sport you know there hasn't been like any significant controversies like there is in in baseball and in basketball but like hockey's just as bad they just don't talk about it because that's that's the culture it happens you see it and you do nothing but i'm hoping that we can see a change going forward um like we talked about this for for a couple the last couple episodes that we've done um like the last few guests that we had on hockey wise about you know, how much the game needs to change and how players need to speak up for themselves and not just for, like, when they make a mistake on the ice, but, like, when they're being harassed online. Like, there's been so many instances of that, and it's it's really, really disheartening to see, especially, like, the, the Keandre Miller incident was one that comes to mind. Uh, Akeem Aliou, I feel, is going to be one of the poster, you know, one of the, not the poster boys, but, like, one of the, faces of change that we need to see in hockey but it's a long road you know nothing's going to be easy um 
so before we actually no, let's change gears now i know this is kind of going to be out of an awkward change here but let's talk about the playoffs actual hockey they are happening. wait what actual hockey yeah let's talk about the actual games that are that are going on as much as i want to spend this whole entire time talking about this you know there are other things we need to cover so uh should we talk about the Leafs first, or should we talk about... Yes, the Leafs are okay. the only team that matters. This is factual proof. So, so Nick, you've seen the exhibition game now with the, with the Montreal Canadiens. You've seen some of the clips of the Leafs during the practice squad. Which player do you think looks the best from what you've seen out of the short sample size? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like... When I was before the game against Montreal, like w- during the training camp, I thought Austin Matthews was going to be, he was going to come out. I th- I was like, okay, he's going to come out and score like one or two goals. You didn't really see much out of him. Um, the best player I think I've seen so far is Ilya Mikheyev. And I don't know Absolutely. whether, th- I don't know whether or not that's just because I've been looking out for him because... I've been interested to see how he's going to do, but like he played good against Montreal. Um, there wasn't really a lot out of some of the other players. Like Mitch Marner was good. Again, Matthews really wasn't there as much. And Tavares, uh, I uh, I didn't really see much as out of him as well. But uh, Ilya Mikheyev was that good, and Morgan Riley too really stood out in that game against Montreal and it's it's good to see that he's healthy and back to hopefully his normal self. Yeah. You can just tell he was definitely laboring something this season cuz he did not look like himself earlier yeah, this season like that, which feels like an eternity ago. Yeah, like that was I think like what he got injured initially like I think in he got injured before the season they just didn't talk about it and then obviously there was the conversation and then he was kind of healing from that injury, and then he ended up, I think, shattering his ankle, or he broke, yeah. he broke his ankle, I think. And he was just coming back, and I think his first game back was against Tampa. And then, obviously, the whole pandemic happened, and, and stuff shut down. Um, Joey, I, I'll throw the question to you. Um, if Ilya Mikheyev and Morgan Riley are off the board, which player do you think really looks good from, from your perspective um i really liked alexander kerfoot's game like he's someone who earlier in the season was getting a lot of slack but he's someone who i've always kind of defended just because i really like how he plays like he's he's like your prototypical like third liner he's got he's got speed he's a jerk to play against you know and he's and he's very responsible defensively and like i think he fits now that everyone's healthy, he's playing where he should be playing on the on the third line and with Kapanen, and I really like 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 that Kapanen line with uh, Robertson too. Like I just like I I expect big things out of that line. Like I know Robertson is only 18 years old, and the the and the hype is is there. I don't want to like I want to try to um what's the word? I don't want to get too overhyped on him, but. I'm just excited to see that line. That line was like really fun to watch against Montreal for sure. I'm going to pick a niche pick for my, I liked what I've seen out of Travis Dermott. Um, it's, it's a little small, 
but I think Dermot really needs to step up in the in the defensive zone just because not only is he an RFA, but he's, you know, I think going to be the one that has to stay back because it looks like they are going to try him on a line with Tyson Berry, which looks very... At first, I heard that, and I was very um, skeptical about it just because of the whole idea of, you know, uh, Barry being a very offensively driven player and then Dermot kind of being a hybrid of a two-way player. Um, but I think this is definitely going to be a good chance for Dermot to kind of step up and really play in his zone. I know he's had a couple of uh, – he had a couple of takeaways from the Montreal game. And, and granted, Montreal was not the best – uh, from the offensive front. They looked very sluggish, especially in the beginning. Uh, but Dermot looked really, really good. He looked very comfortable. Uh, it didn't even look like he was missing a step. Uh, I love the fact that Jake Muzzin uh, killed a guy on the ice. <laughs> I don't know who that player was. It was kind of like the, the Scott Saberin treatment, where you just kind of have to like look behind him and be like, I don't know who this guy is. Um, that was his first NHL game. <laughs> it was apparent. Well, like technically the game didn't count. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was really surprised with the uh, the amount of of chippiness, especially right now between the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Players aren't missing a step. I think now because it it matters. You know, it's almost like the fun and games are over. Like the fun and games in the bubble are uh, are gonna go out the window, and now the players are gonna really play like it it means something now. Um, Nick. In regards to the bubble, have you followed the NHL uh, Hub Bubble Twitter and, and seen all the posts? Yeah, I have. It's, Which it's one been... stuck out to you? Because there was one that was really fun that I, I'll say. Um, I know um, yesterday I saw one with... I don't remember which team it was. I think it was St. Louis where they're dumping buckets of water on each other. Yeah, um, I think it was St. Louis. Yeah, that one, that one was, that one was really funny. I also liked um, the David Pasternak thing when he said Tom Wilson is the best player or goal scorer in the NHL. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was weird. Um, but I don't know. Other than that, like it's it's cool to see how how they're living and how um, they're going through things and what amenities they have at their I guess exposure because it's like you see them you've seen the Leafs at BMO Field playing um spike ball that's that's really cool um but I don't know it's it's always been interesting for me to see how players live and see how they do their life behind outside of the rink so just to have that account it is it is cool, and at the same time, it's funny, too. And I also like the fact that uh, Kazimir Kaskiswo is doing his vlogs every, I think, every day. Yeah, I saw that. Every, every like, day or two, he, he vlogs. And it really looks, I, I, I don't mean, that, like, pandemic aside, wouldn't we all want to be in that bubble right now? It like, looks really like, fun. It looks, like, and what's funny is that, like, like in the NBA standard, like everyone was complaining, like, oh, we're not getting proper food, and da 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 da. da. And then you look at like hockey, and it's like they're getting like gourmet meals, room service whenever they want. Um, 
It's like that NHL commercial when they were all in the hotels from like 2005 or whatever it was. Yeah, that was an old one. (laughs) That one, that one was. It's almost like art imitating life now. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite bubble posts was uh, the Hurricanes playing poker in their room with the poker table. I really wish I could I could get that in the hotel room. Um, another one was uh, the Winnipeg Jets playing. Uh, I, I don't like a beanbag toss, and it looks really really fun because they're trying to get it in the hole and they're they're completely missing. Uh, what was the other one that I was thinking of? The Oh, uh, all of the Canucks players playing in Bo Horvat's room, Mario Kart 64, which I don't think is a very good team <laughs> game to play because I already know, like, everyone that gets pissed off, they're going to be like, what the hell, man? Like, like, are you still are you still mad about losing in Mario Kart? And, like, they'll be mad for a long time about that. Oh, yeah, that, that's where enemies are made, playing Mario Kart. Yeah, well. If they're not gonna make enemies on the ice. They're gonna make enemies playing Mario Kart. That that's gonna be the whole, the whole ideal about it. Um, so let's preview the playoff series against the Columbus Blue Jackets because, like Joey said, this team is the only team that matters. Uh, Nick, are you scared playing the Jackets? Because I can I can honestly say I am. I, I I'm not really scared. Um, I'm not 100% um, sure that the Leafs are gonna go through it very easily there are some people who look at the stats and look at the analytics and they're like toronto should just sweep them or just dominate the whole time but honestly you can't sleep on columbus because they are a good team they do have a good defense even though their forwards aren't as deep and as good as the leafs are it's still anyone's game because Frederick Anderson could play like he did the whole season. Um, I don't know who is going to start in net for Columbus, either um, Elvis or Corpusalo, but one of those two goalies could also steal a series. And Columbus did sweep Tampa last season. I know they don't have all the players that they did have last season, but... It's still the same almost group of guys, so it's always possible. And I don't, I, I I'm not a hundred percent hopeful, and I'm, I'm not worried at the same time. I'm just like, I'm just hoping that they get out of that series. Yeah. My, my whole thing with it is that the Leafs have over the last couple of years, like no matter how skilled they are and all that, is they've always struggled against teams with a good structure. Like look at how they've played against the Barry Trotz Islanders. Like they haven't played very well for the most part. I've had a few good games, but but that's it. And like teams that are well-structured defensively, they it's just like they, they struggle over. And that's exactly what Columbus is. Like Tortorella does a really good job of making those defensive schemes and all that. Like, I am full on expecting the Leafs to lose game one at the very least. Like, it's just, it's kind of like, okay, I've accepted that's going to happen, but then they're going to win like three straight after that. Like, so they're, they're definitely going to give us a scare. That's I think. Yeah. Not to be the whole, now I, I don't want to be a baghead and say that this team doesn't play with grit or anything, but I think Columbus is a more scrappier team team that definitely gets into the corners they have a lot more grinders and 
we see in the playoffs all the time players who are really kind of duds in the regular season coming out and, and turning into superstars. Like uh, the one that comes to mind uh, that I can't remember off the top of my head, um, like with, with the Blue Jackets, like Alexander Tertier, who wasn't really anything special in the in the regular season, only 13 points in 36 games. But, you know, he was a huge part of that, that playoff run, uh, I guess, especially against Tampa. Um, and then you look at their, uh, their whole entire structure and their core, um, their defense, I think not to throw us down in the water, but I think they definitely blow us away with their top two being Warinsky and Jones. And, one of their biggest issues going into the, their playoffs in, an, in, a reg, in a normal setting, if we had the playoffs three months ago, three, four months ago, was they weren't going to have Seth Jones because he was going to – he missed significant time with a shoulder injury. So now that you have Seth Jones back and now that your defense is basically 100%, you know, it's going to be hard for teams like the Leafs to, to come in and try and force their way into the zone. And I believe the, the Blue Jackets are going to get Josh Anderson back, which is another threat just because how, again, not that's a player up. that worries me. Yeah, that's a player that uh, TSN and Baghead rules over because he had one 27-goal season and one 47-point season, and that's it. Um, but he's still and, like another, and another thing, still. yeah, it's, it's really goofy. And another thing, like, goalies get hot at weird times, man. Like, and, and what's funny is that Columbus is kind of like, do you guys remember Tampa in 2017? Where they were basically injured to shit. And oh, then yeah. still they like the playoffs, right? Like they barely missed the playoffs. We, we yeah. were one of the reasons why they barely missed the playoffs, but they were like, like Stamkos went down and uh, I think Kucherov went down for a little bit too. Uh, and Ben Bishop was hurt. And then they traded Ben Bishop. Uh, and then all of this stuff, and then they were still like an inch away from the playoffs. This is what Columbus is, and they're tech, and obviously they're technically in the playoffs. But I think in Columbus's situation, it's kind of a win-win because they didn't really have expectations to make the playoffs, and they did. They could upset Toronto, which is still a possibility. Obviously, fingers crossed, and 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 knocking on wood that they don't do that. Uh, but even if they lose. They could win the first overall pick. That's what, and I think they would they would be a team that definitely needs the first overall pick compared to some other teams that are magically in the playoffs. Like, I think between them and Montreal, I would say those two would probably be the ones that I would say would make most likely winning that that pick. Um, but again, like we don't we don't know exactly what what to think about all of this. Um. So to expand this to everything else, what team outside of the Leafs? I know we're a Leaf-centric team, but or podcast, excuse me. Um, but what team do you think comes out and you look at them and say, okay, this team has a chance to win the cup? Aside from Tampa, who we all thought was going to win the cup back in December. Um, I think I I really don't know. I think St. Louis is going to be one of those teams that still plays their game and goes pretty far. Um, watching Carolina right now, they're playing very well, and I know that they have a great defense, a great group of forwards. I think they could do something that, like that. 
Um, and I'm also interested to see how uh, Chicago does because even though they don't have the best team, they're still like I wouldn't want to face them in the first round, and they're one of the teams that can be a threat. Uh, but at the end of the day, one of the teams that I'd want to see win, other than the Leafs, I think would be Colorado. I think they have everything. They are perfect everywhere. I know the goal, their goalies aren't like top goalies in the NHL, but I think with the defense they have, the forward group they have with Nathan McKinnon and everyone else, and Nazem Kadri as well, I'd I'd want to see them win over any other team except the Leafs. Yeah, I, I yeah, it's uh, so I, I agree with you on the Colorado point. Like Nathan McKinnon is just a beast, and if he can just will that team to to a finals berth, like I will not doubt that at all. But I'm gonna expand more on what Nick said about Carolina because. I'm watching the game right now too. I like Carolina is a team that I've always been like really, really high on just cause like their defense. Like I don't think there's a better top like six defenseman in the league. And they're have such a young and exciting group of forwards as well with like Svechnikov and, and Tara Vinen and, and Aho as well, who can just like, like they're just a scary team. I would not want to play them. And I think like, and they have a good track record too of like whenever they make the playoffs, they're making deep runs. So it would not surprise me to see them like make the finals too. But even a team like the Rangers too can come out and and surprise people too if they get by if they get by Carolina because just with with Panarin alone and and Zibanejad and they've got a pretty solid defensive core as well. So it's, they're also very deep on goaltending. So like I don't know like this this whole tournament feels like it could just be a wild card. Like it's just like hockey's weird and any team can just get hot at right now but yeah carolina is definitely my pick yeah um for me i was originally going to go with the colorado avalanche and like expanding on, on again what nick said i think we all kind of agree that the abs are going to be the team to come out of the west um just because on paper they look like one of the most you know stacked teams in terms of uh not just top front talent but their depth is also really good their defense core they already have what i believe to be the the calder trophy winner in kale mccarr and, and their goaltending you know even though it like like nick said before it's not the most elite goaltending tandem in the world you know they've still done pretty good like they were ranked fourth in goals against uh in the league so something was something was right in their in their whole core. And it was funny because three years ago, like the abs were part of my French, but they were shit. Like they were absolute garbage. And like, they, you know, they were burying to get the first, the first overall pick. And like, they missed out on it twice within the last couple of years, considering they missed out on it again last year with, uh, with Ottawa's first round pick. But I just really like, like, I was shitting on Joe Sackick so much, like, years ago. And now I'm, like, worshipping the ground that he walks on. Um, but if I had to pick an East team, I'm going to go a little bit in left field here. I'm going to say the Flyers. I'm going to say Philly might have a chance to go farther because, you know, 
I know it's been a long time and they haven't played a lot, a lot, but they just have this dynamic of this team's due. Like they're kind of like the Washington Capitals to me where they've lost for so long. You kind of want to see them win. And like, I don't like the fly. I, I don't hate the flyers. There are some players that I like primarily James Van Riemsdyk being the only one that's, that's decent. But I think that they have the potential to really surprise and kind of be like the Carolina team from 06, where it's like nobody expects them to step up, and then they, they come in and they show, okay, this team can really hang. I don't have them winning the cup, but I have them going on a deep playoff run that's more than the first round, even though you know we don't know who they're going to play. If, if they play any team except the Penguins, they have a shot. If they play the Penguins, they're screwed. So Philly, albeit if they don't play Pittsburgh, that, that that's going to be my final. And I think Colorado wins it in, I'll say six. Um, so just trying to think about what else we could we could go on about. We kind of talked about everything from a from a hockey standpoint. Unless I'm forgetting something, Joey. Do you have anything I'm I'm forgetting? Um. So you want to go more into detail about the Leafs and uh, Columbus matchup? Because I did, did hear um, reports that Janssen could potentially return during the series. But wouldn't he have, Wouldn't somebody have to be taken off? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ask this question. Who gets taken off of the roster? Nick Robertson. Yeah. Okay. I guess because I just think just because he's this, so young and stuff, they'll give him they'll give him game one just to see like kind of what he has, but. Because it is the playoffs his, uh, and stuff, you don't got much much wiggle room. Does this count as his entry level slide if he plays in the playoffs or no? I, I have no sure. idea. I don't know. No. I feel like it doesn't because keep in mind Matt Murray was nominated for the uh, what's it? Uh, he was nominated for the Calder despite winning the Stanley Cup prior. So I guess you kind of have that. Yeah, he has two Stanley Cups as a rookie. Yeah, uh, which is really weird. Um, and some th- things that I found out late in the night uh, from Chris Johnson and Elliot Friedman, uh, it's actually something from a uh, Leafs trade. So um, so they amended conditions to certain trades because of the, the pandemic causing the rest of the season to be canceled. So in the Toronto-LA trade that got the Leafs uh, Clifford and Campbell for Trevor Moore and I believe something else, if I'm not mistaken. So if the Leafs win their qualifying round against Columbus, they give their 2021 second-round pick to the Kings. And or, or, and or if Campbell gets two or more wins while playing, or if they re-sign Kyle Clifford. So basically, if the Leafs win, they forfeit a second-round pick, which is really weird because I yeah. don't, I'm not sure how it how it works out. The way that it looks right now is they they gave a 2021 third, but the conditions were okay. So the original, yeah, the original conditions were uh, it was a third. The third-round pick becomes a second if Clifford resigns or. If they uh, the Leafs make the playoffs and Campbell wins six regular season games with the Leafs, which I think he only won two, if I'm not mistaken, two or three, so that wouldn't count. But the upgraded conditions is due to the shortened season. The NHL ruled that the 2021 third 
upgrades to a second. If the Leafs win their qualifying round and Campbell gets two wins within those qualifying rounds, or if Clifford resigns. So in an ideal situation. So many speculations. So basically, to to simplify this, the Leafs are giving up a second round pick if they win, because I yeah. doubt that they're going to start Jack Campbell because he is their backup, and I don't think you you would rely on your backup unless. Freddie Anderson gets yanked in the first game, which I don't... I could see it, honestly. I could see Campbell playing some games, especially if Freddie is like how he was from Christmas onward. I can yeah. see it happening. Yeah, Freddie's... A re- I'm going to throw this question out to Nick for for the Freddie incident. Do you see Freddie staying past next season, or do you, do you think they let him walk? I think it depends on how he plays. And going back to Campbell for a sec... Um, Anderson's leash is going to be very, I think, very short. I think if he doesn't play well in that first game, I think, I don't, I don't think they'll be like Campbell's in for sure, but I think there'll be more decisions to be made about whether or not you put Anderson in because he's in the playoffs. We've seen he's either good or very bad and I don't, with it only being five games, I don't think the Leafs want to take chances on Frederick Anderson being basically a bad goaltender and them losing the series. So I think um, Jack Campbell could get into a few games, and I think that it's always possible that that can happen. But in terms of Anderson, if he, it all depends on next season. If he plays. Like he does, like he could he could come into next season and become like the Vesna winning goaltender that we've seen before, even though he's never won it. But it's 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 very dependent on how he plays next season. And if he puts up great numbers, I think they do sign him to something. But if they don't with his age and everything, I think I, I do think they let him walk or they they try and lowball him and he probably won't want that. Well, the thing is, too, is like I know that the Leafs are really impressed with the way Joseph Wall is developing as well. So they're hoping, from what I understand, is they're hoping that Wall will be ready to come in and take at least like a backup role with maybe Campbell starting for a a year. Because I think he has another year after Freddie is gone, right? I'm not mistaken. I'm going to check in a second. I have my cap from... Yeah, so he... So, okay. th- withstanding they protect Campbell in the expansion draft, because we forgot. It's almost as like we oh, forgot. Oh, there is an expansion draft. Damn. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll ask a question. But, yeah, Campbell is extended past uh, the 20. He's past 2020, 2021. So. so, yeah, barring that they protect him, I think that Joseph Wall will come in and back up Campbell for a year before taking the starting job. I think that's what the plan is for the Leafs. That's a fair point. Um, I think for me, it all depends on like 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 Joey said. Like I know they like Joseph Wall's uh, development, but the thing is, he's only 22. I know we're seeing goalies kind of being thrown into the fire, and this is where I metaphorically point to a chart of Carter Hart and saying like, "Okay, kid, you're our last hope." Um, but I just I don't necessarily see them rushing because like. Their two goalies that they have signed are, are Joseph Wall and Ian Scott. Both are 22 and 21, respectively. So I don't see them necessarily getting some games in. There is Casimir Cassius Wall as well, 
which I'm hoping that he does stick around just because not only do I selfishly like his, his quarantine bubble vlogs, um, but I also want them to kind of stock up on goalies. Um, but I think they, the biggest issue is if you do resign Freddie, what the term is going to be, because like in terms of salary, I think he definitely would turn into like a $6 million goalie. Maybe you give him a little bit of a raise six to six and a half cap restrictions withstanding. But the extension I don't think is going to be longer than like three years, like three or four years, because then that'll take him until he's, you know, 34, 35, and, and that's when goalies start to taper off. So, and, and I think it's going to be hard. Like, Joey, I know you said like they might lean on Jack Campbell. But like, I know experience is kind of overrated, but like 64 games in, in, and no playoff experience, like, that's a rough. It's a rough and tough thing to, to throw into right away. Yeah, but you also have to, like, this is, it's only a five-game series, too, so you don't want to leave a struggling Freddy in there for too long. So it's kind of like, it's a, it's a thing you got to, like, weigh, like, pros and cons in kind of thing. It's like, it's you don't want to give him too much of a leash, but you also want to give him a chance to, like, to improve his game within the series, but it's like, how much time do you give him? There's a balance you have to, you have to take into effect, I think. Very true, very true. Um, so, uh, do you want to predictions? Talk about- how many games and who's going to be the, the standout player? Sure. Uh, let's have our, our nice guest, Nick, go first. How many games do you think? I feel like I'm asking like the Tootsie Pop questions. How many legs will it take? How many games will it take for the Leafs to beat the Jackets? And who uh, is MVP? I think it'll. I think the Leafs will do it in four. Um, I don't think they're gonna sweep them, and I don't think they want to take it to Game Five, though. So I think four games would be it, and I think the best player. I don't know. Like I want to say, like Ilya Mikheyev is gonna come out. I want to say Austin Matthews is going to be. Hopefully the best and as good as he was all season. So as much as I want to say any other person, I want to I want to say Austin Matthews. It's a very good point, very good guess. Joe, you can like, go next. Okay. Uh, I also think Leafs in four. I think they're going to lose the first game and then win three in a row. Just to give us Leafs fans a little bit of a heart attack because, you know, we can't there's no way that the Leafs can uh, play a stress-free series. That just doesn't exist. Um, I don't for star player. I'm gonna say William Nylander. He's gonna screw just, you. That was mine. <laughs> William Nylander's just gonna start right from where he left off of. He's gonna have. I think he's gonna have a really, a really big series. All right. So now that Joey stole mine, I gotta get creative and then pick mine. So. I will also say Leafs in four, and my standout player is going to be Cody C. No, it's not going to be. Cody oh C- my C- God! It's not. Well, going you to never C- know. It, it I, could I had, happen. Guys, it's obviously going to be Callie Rosen. Okay, the Leafs trade him backup legend Michael Hutchinson for the guy. He's got to be worth something. Um, all joking aside, uh, I'm going to go ahead and think it's going to be Zach Hyman. I think Zach Hyman, and not from a point perspective, but just from an on-ice perspective. Like, Hyman, I would say, is the most underrated player on the team just because of how hard he works. And considering he's 
very good offensively going to the net. And the thing is, is that you need to be chippy and you need to be crashing the net in order to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. So Hyman, I think, is going to be the player that needs to, to kind of step up and, and turn on the offensive Jets. And also, considering he's going to be playing on a line with, it looks like, Matthews and Nylander, you got two snipers who could just shoot that puck any way in the net and will most likely go in. So I, I think it's going to be him. Also, an honorable mention to Kasperi Kapanen, because Cappy's got some big playoff goals, man. Like, the 2018 Game 7 goal gave me a heart attack because I called that goal. I was literally standing in, the, in between those two shitty monitors that they had set up at Maple Leaf Square because the Raptors <laughs> had it. And I said, Kapanen's due for a goal. And then literally right on cue, he had that breakaway and scored it. So I think he definitely will be a player to step up. He just needs to stop shooting the puck at the freaking goalie's, je- goalie's chest. Because I swear to God, that's every shot that he takes. Another player I want to shout out who I think is going to have a really good series is Jake Muzzin. I just saw it already, like the intensity that he played with and just that that warm-up game alone. I have a feeling that he's, he's pumped to be back. That, he's going to have a big series. Am I the only one that wants to see Nick Foligno and, and Jake Muzzin scrap? Because like, that would be a battle. That would be a big Foligno's fight. Foligno's very scrappy. Mm-hmm. And, and whatnot. So I, I kind of want to see what he can do in uh you know one on one with Muzzin. Uh, so uh, one last question: How do we celebrate after the Leafs win the Stanley Cup this year? Oh God, that's that's a I, that's a really <laughs> weird question. It's it's gonna be weird. I I don't even know. I w- I did a podcast yesterday. With um, Laura Duarte, and we were talking nice. about it too. And she was saying, like, let's just have a pl- a parade three months after, like when everything's a little bit better and when there's a vaccine for COVID. And I was asking her, like, is it is it going to feel the same? And she's like, well, yes, because it's been 52 years. But I I, I don't know. Like, if they were to have a parade three or four months after the Leafs win the Cup, to me, it would feel really weird, and I don't... Yeah, I I agree. Like, as much as I think, great, it's a parade and all that, it's... it's, I'm not going to have the same feeling if it was to have... If they were to have a parade, like, a few days after they actually won. Yeah, especially, like, if free agency happens, like, after that, and it's like... Tyson Berry's at the parade, but he's no longer on the team anymore. <laughs> you have to fly him in there, even though the the American uh, travel ban is still going to be in place. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, even yeah, like, I don't know, that. Nick, if you went to the to the Raptors parade last summer, but there's no way that it'll like be anywhere near that, like in terms of like yeah, like the buzz that that was in the city and all that, just because like it's like, okay, yeah, it happened three months ago. And the, and like we and the thing is is like Leaf fans need that man like you need that like state of euphoria of like holy shit this is actually happening you know we can actually go downtown and and climb on TTC buses and friggin' you know I think they were shooting fireworks off into the sky too like I want to mm-hmm. see that like like the, the comparable also to the Raptors is like when the Cubs won their World Series after like what was it 106 years 108 yeah 108 yeah something like that like I want that. I want 
the parade to literally flood Young Street, like going past Toronto, like going further north. Like I want this thing to friggin' hit like Aurelia, man. Young Street and Aurelia just all the way to yeah. downtown just packed. Cause like, and the thing is, is like you're gonna have everyone from all over Ontario coming over. You're gonna have everybody from Barrie who doesn't even give a shit that there's a pandemic, and they're not gonna abide by the health concerns. Uh, and then you're gonna have everybody from friggin' Brampton who already is going to like they're gonna have a friggin' party down there. You're gonna have everybody from Vaughn pull up in their cars and start honking the horns like it's friggin' 2006. Woodbridge people are all gonna be gathered at Market Lane. Oh my god. Yeah, like and that's the thing. Like I want it to be special. I just don't think it'll be as special if at least win the cup now. I I hate to be a pessimist, but I don't think that they will with the cup. Don't don't shoot me, please. Um, and also, like, I keep talking to Joey about this. How do you celebrate the cup as a team? Like, you can't kiss the thing. I think I think they'd let you. I think with the bubble and everything, I think you give them like a, a two-hour window. It's like, okay, you guys can literally skate around and drink out of this thing, but y'all are gonna get tested right after. And if y'all get sick, y'all are screwed. But I think, like, that's that was the thing about the bubble to begin with. Like, they all get tested, I think, every day and every time they go into facilities. So I think they know beforehand what's going on. And I think they limit the amount of people that can go into the dressing room as, like, probably management and maybe... Um, I know there's one or two team photographers there with them. I think one photographer and one content creator. I'm not sure, yeah. though, but I think um, I think they limit the amount of people who do go in there into the dressing room when the team wins. So I think they'll, they'll give the team who does get the cup, I think, a little wiggle room for them to celebrate like that because there's really – what would be the point – of winning it if you can't really celebrate with it, right? So I think they'll be able to do everything. It's just I think it's just going to be weird to see them skate around with the Stanley Cup when there's nobody there. Yeah, and, like, what really sucks is, like, uh, one of my favorite ones was when the Caps won the Cup two years ago, and then Ovi was skating around, and then, Joe, you know where I'm going with this, where you have that one fan in front in the front row glass – where she decided to let things loose. Like, you don't have any, like, memes like that anymore. And it's just like, you know, like like you said, Nick, like, it's just not going to be the same as it was in normal circumstances. And I think, like, what would be really funny is, like, God forbid a team like the Montreal Canadiens wins the Stanley Cup, which I don't think is going to be the case. Like, they win it, and then, like, they say, like, oh, we have, how many do they have now, 25? Yeah. So now they're like, oh, yeah, we have 26, and we could just be like, no, you don't. No, you don't. What, what, what do you mean you have 26? That one didn't count. Okay, they're going to lose in two to Pittsburgh anyway, so it doesn't matter. They like, shouldn't they even don't... play. They shouldn't even play against Pittsburgh, man. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's friggin' goofy. It's yeah. really friggin' goofy. And there's, again, like, there's, like you said, like right now, I think, yeah, the Rangers are still losing their game. Like, there's so many who do you think – I'm going to throw this to, to Nick as well. Who's going to do shittier, the Habs or the Panthers? I think the Panthers. Like, I think the Habs – sorry, go ahead. 
Oh no, uh, you you can go ahead. I, I don't know what I'm I, I was gonna say. I think with you guys saying that the Habs aren't gonna do anything, I think the Habs are gonna surprise people. I think um they they didn't play a bad game against the Leafs. They showed that they could keep up with them and play at the level that they can and be physical just as much as the Leafs can. And I think there's always that possibility if Carey Price plays well, you, you never know. Like he's he could just be like, okay, time to go back to being the world's best goalie for one year, and then plays amazing in the playoffs and gets them somewhere. And I I think the Panthers. I don't even know. It's at, they're facing the New York Islanders. It's it's really two good teams against each other in that series, and the, I think that's one of the toughest series that I could judge because it's they're so evenly matched, and they just I don't know. It's 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 going to be interesting, but I I always for me I always never sleep on any team because. Hockey, like you guys have said before, is you never know what's going to happen. Goalies can also be voodoo, and they could just come out and play well and win a team Stanley Cup. Well, so, the only thing I think, not to interrupt you, but the only thing I think that that Carey Price, that, that the Habs have going for them is Carey Price, who can, I don't think Carey Price will steal a series, but he'll steal a game for, for the Habs for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I think... He's, he's aged. Yeah. But I, I, he, he did say I don't, I think it was yesterday, um, that it's not just him who needs to play at the level that he can. It's everyone, and I think even though they don't have the best players, they do have, they do have a few good ones, and they do have Shea Weber too. Even though he's he is aged as well, he can still take slap shots and put it through people and put it through goalie's masks so yeah he almost killed michael mcniven the other the other week which was insane yeah so i mean it, it any i think anything's possible at this point in any series i think we're gonna see the weirdest of things in these games so i i try not for this actually for every playoffs i try not to sleep on any team because they can just come out like columbus did last season and sweep the league's best team yeah, I think last season's kind of like the the standard of like don't like this team shouldn't even be here. And then they're like, holy shit, they went and they they could have they could have potentially gone to the third round if like Boston just wasn't so strong. Um, so one final question I'll throw to the floor after John Tavares lost the Stanley Cup in early September, late October, <laughs> or no, late September, early October, I should say. Can't you tell this is a Toronto podcast? Yeah, exactly. Um, if you didn't, then uh, now you know. Um, who gets the cup first? After I, John I, Tavares? After John Tavares lifts it and poses with Gary Bettman, showing how small Gary Bettman is, who gets the cup pass after? I'll let I'm Nick tackle say, this one first. I, I'm going to say... No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say... Jason Spezza, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you always usually give it to the old guy who hasn't uh, hasn't won anything. So he would probably get it first. After he gets it, I would say Cody Cece. I don't want Cody Cece to anywhere near it. No. Okay, what if Cody Cece scores the game-winning goal? Give it to him. Give it to him. Okay, fine. If that happens, 
then don't even give it to Tavares first. Give it to Cody CC first. They should just have like a you know like how the cons might like the the you know people vote on like oh you know this is the most valuable player. What if they did like a John Scott and they're just like Cody CC, <laughs> Martin Marin. It's fan voting. Yeah, man. I think John Scott that, deserves a cons mic, man. That, <laughs> I, funny. I imagine I if Cody CC scored in triple overtime to win the Stanley Cup for the Leafs. Yeah, what if he pulls like uh, like Kevin Bieksa where he scores and you don't even know that he he scored? It's funny but, because up until the second that puck crosses the goal line, I'll be cursing Sheldon Keith for putting Cody CC on in overtime. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like the the stepbrothers meme where it's like, and you totally redeemed yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's how it'll most likely be, especially with with hockey Twitter and Leafs Twitter being just bundles of fun that we have all. Yep. Yes, very fun. If we were to pick a player of, or uh, a member of hockey Twitter to get the the cup first, who would get it? And, and Nick, Dangle. I'm sorry, you can't pick yourself. Would it be Steve? Does, does, yeah. does Steve deserve a ring? I think he does. I think he does. I think Steve. Yeah. I think, okay, if they do have a Stanley Cup parade, whether it's this year, next year, whatever, do you not invite Steve on the friggin' stage and do, like, a live LFR with all of us? <laughs> That'd be so fun. Dude, I want that. I th- if that. If that doesn't happen this year, 2021, please let that happen. Yeah, I think you have to put him somewhere in either the parade or like that. Yeah, because like with, with the Raptors, you had like Nav and you had Drake. Um, I guess like for the Leafs, it would be like it would be Steve and the, I don't know, not Dark Guy anymore. He's Justin kind of Bieber. Yeah, Bieber. Yeah, Bieber would most like. I think Bieber's grown on a lot of us, man. Like he used to be a little shit, but now he's like kind of mature. He's all right. He gets a pass. Does Mike Myers come on the stage dressed up as Austin Powers then? And talk about General General Borshevsky and General Gilmore? Jeez, I forgot I Mike know. Myers actually no, still exists. No, I just, I just had a brilliant idea. If the Leafs win the Stanley Cup, Mike Myers has to come out as the love guru. Oh, yes. <laughs> Would that not be great? That would be awesome. Will we'll Arnett will probably have a role in it too, though. Yeah, you have Will Arnett. Um, There's a lot of celebrity Leaf fans. Now when else? you really think about it. There was one that I had and I forgot. You have Sting. like a Bill Murray treat. Is Sting a Leaf fan? He's at a bunch of Leafs games. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of who else. There's another one. Uh, you have Bianca Andrescu there. Um, you have Martina Ortiz Luis singing her heart out, singing the national anthem. She if shouldn't be have, there. If they don't have her singing the national anthem remotely, I'm going to be so mad. I know I heard something if they're going to have Michael Bublé sing it. Yeah, Michael Bublé is doing, I think, the first. I don't know, because he didn't sing this game. It might be the first two Canadian games. Because I know. So that would be the Habs tonight and the Jets Flames. No. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be, be virtually then? No, yeah. there'd be Edmonton. I'm in the Chicago and Edmonton one. And then Montreal, I think. That's weird because he's from he's he's a BC guy. He's from BC, so wouldn't he do the Canucks game? Or I guess he's just gonna do all the West Coast. I Canadian know he games? is a big Canucks fan. 
Uh, I don't know. I know. I think he's going to be live there, though. I don't think he's going to be virtual. They just put him in the bubble. He's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But... Playing spike ball with the Leafs. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, actually, I'm I'm looking at the Edgar and Leaf article. I want to see other celebrity Leaf fans. Who's not on the list? Okay, they have a bunch of joke people that are on here. Mike Myers, Will Arnett, Bieber, Stephen Harper apparently is a Leaf fan. I don't know. He's from Calgary. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, apparently a poker. D- Daniel Negrudel? I don't oh, know how to say that. his name. Chris Hadfield is a Leaf fan. Oh, yeah. Good old, good old uh, there. Hayden Christensen is a Leaf fan. Oh, my God. Anakin Skywalker himself is a Leaf fan. What the hell? So now you got to have him, like, go and, like, st- like uh, recite an Anakin Skywalker monologue on stage. Uh, the very See, I've, never, I've never actually watched Star Wars. Yes, I know. So I have no idea what you're talking about. Joey doesn't have a childhood. Uh, the bear, my, the childhood bear, my childhood um, was ruined because all I did was care about the Leafs. That's that's a sad one that we can all relate to. Yes, the is. Bare Naked Ladies are Leaf fans, but that one's weird because aren't they? didn't they break up like years ago? I don't think so. This, this no, they, like, I think they're still together because around Canada Day... They were doing, I think they were scheduled to play like a free concert here in Vaughan, but then they moved it virtually. So I saw like signs, like when you're just like driving around and stuff saying, like, oh, watch the virtual concert for Canada Day. So I think they're back together. Apparently what Keanu a- Reeves is a Leaf fan. That's interesting. Keanu, yeah. uh, Neo from Matrix. Okay. Oh, Gary, does Gary D deserve to be at the parade? I mean, yeah. I think you get it. All the celebrities. Just all of them. Just every single one of them. Jim Carrey. Yeah, those are all of them that are on the list. All for a second. No, go ahead. I'm surprised Sean Mendes isn't on there. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I keep forgetting that Sean Mendes is Canadian. I'm sorry. So So hold on. Does Drake Drake jump onto the list? Leafs bandwagon if they win. No, he's not. Oh, sure. He's not allowed. He's not allowed. Drake, he Drake, Drake, last would, year. Drake <laughs> would name drop the Leafs in his next song. He would go from having a Jamaican accent to doing a song related to Greeks, and then he'll go and have a song about the Leafs. <laughs> if you already know that. I mean, he's been at some Leafs games before wearing the Leaf jersey, which they lost because he was wearing their jersey. But he's so. like. He's like uh. I want you to send him a Columbus jersey. He, yeah, we should. He's like the he's like the LeBron James of uh, the Leafs, where like LeBron was at the uh, the Indians game when when Cleveland was in the World Series, and I'm just like LeBron, you don't know anything about their team. What are you doing there? Like you should you should you should go away. Le- LeBron is like a like he said he's a Yankees fan. So yeah, exactly. So it's like why are you there? It's like yeah, I guess like he wanted to party or something. Like well, okay. To be mm-hmm. fair, it was a Game 7, so I would want to be at a Game 7, too, even though Leaf fans have nothing but pain in Game 7. Um, Not this year. I, I, well, ah, there's a loophole. There's no Game 7. We got him. Go up to 5. <laughs> Don't you know we... Oh, and I was going to say odd... I was going to say odd numbers, and then I realized 5 is an odd number. We can't win... We can only win... 
if we didn't lose in as many games that go past five. So we only win in five. That's the only way. Also, we can't win in game sevens because seven is a prime number. That's the reason. Prime numbers are against the Leafs. Yes, math. Yes, math is hard. Um, but yeah, I think we've covered pretty much everything that there is. Um, let's plug your stuff, Nick, because you got a lot of stuff going for you. Do you wanna do you wanna plug the Twitter? Plug anything else you got? Uh, well, everything. I mean, Twitter and Instagram, and I think everything is at Nick Barden. Uh, my podcast that I'm I've started is Nick Talk. It's on iTunes and Spotify. Um, oh, and my YouTube is Nick Talk as well for the podcast, and then Nick Barden just for just regular yelling leaf videos. Um, but other than that, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say yelling leaf videos. It's like that's the usual stuff with leaf fans. There's no off switch. Yeah. No. It's loud, more loud. Yeah, but other Nothing than that... Nothing beats your uh, your David Ayers one when you had the oh. trash can. <laughs> that one... That one... I didn't think that one would get as much attention as it did. Because I remember, like, just posting the video, and then I saw, like, people had, like, a gif of me walking around with the garbage can just hitting it. It yeah. was... It, yeah, that, that was... <laughs> That must have been a fun video to record, and then like your parents are like, "What the hell's going on? It's like nothing." They they know like, <laughs> I I tell them I'll be like, um, I'm going down to record, and like even because my girlfriend lives with me too, um, like there's been times where I've wanted to throw my chair, and she's like, "You're not throwing your chair. We're not like that's you're not you're not it's ruining like- our room." It's like, Nick, put that damn thing down before I break it on your head. And you're just like, okay. Yeah, she's heard me. Melt. She's heard me, like, slam it on the floor while she's upstairs. And she texts me being like, I heard that. (laughs) So. (laughs) It's like like you're in the middle of recording. Your phone goes up. You're just like, what? Oh, shit. Yeah. But I mean. That's pretty crazy. My parents are like. My, I'm surprised my parents don't say anything unless I do it at like 12 o'clock at night where I'm yelling and screaming because I don't know I don't know whether or not my neighbors can even hear me um but they've been like you can't do it this late because it's too loud and we're trying to sleep yeah I've been uh especially on like some of the west coast games I've gotten text text from my for my parents in their room be like can you calm down <laughs> the best is when we have we have one of the Budweiser lights in our house and we always used to go off and like my mom would stay up late and she'd, she'd hear the buzzer and she'd be like oh my god they're winning in reality they'd be losing like 6-2 I'm just like no no they just scored like once it, it's <laughs> not it's the game's over it's like almost 1am like that that's the way things are now ugh yeah but yeah, I think we uh, I think we hit everything on the head. Uh, we want to thank you once again, Nick, for coming on, taking time to shoot the shit with us, talk no about worries. hockey and whatnot. Uh, thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, oh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, make sure you follow Nick on Twitter, follow his YouTube channel, subscribe and everything. Uh, 
listen to Nick Talk on Spotify and podcasts all over, wherever you get your podcast fix. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do more of these in the future. Leafs Nation has to stick together, except for Baghead. You, you, he can just go fuck off. He can just go away. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think we're all going to go and watch hockey now and be, be fun people. And uh, inevitably yell at our TV screens because uh, that's what hockey does to us. So yeah, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Y'all have a good one. Stay safe.